podcast with Mike and Bomber. All right, welcome to another edition of the Holding the Ball podcast. Mike, what's going on? Not much. I'm in the studio today. We're at the bar. Yeah. So, um, we're back behind the bar. this one. Yeah, back behind the bar. Push the buttons. Yeah, buttons are on. Anything is. Mike's a little bit rusty on the, on the buttons. Got out of push buttons. But, well, uh, now grand final week. Here we are. Lots happening. Brownlow week. So plenty to discuss uh, today. And obviously we've got to discuss just the chaos that is trade talk at the moment. So a bit happening. Um, But a bit of news going around. Now I did start the last um, episode, my new sort of segment where I would nominate. I felt that all the talkers around the young fellas, I was going to start some talk about the over 32s. A falling star was my thing, and it has to be Gary Ablett uh, for last week. Uh, I was very much on the fence on Saturday night with who I was going to pick, Geelong or Brisbane. Obviously, Brisbane would always be nice for uh, from an interstate perspective, yeah. and there's been a bit of whinging from us interstaters mm-hmm. uh, about the grand final lineup. But Gaza, just um, he's just missed a score involvement. Um, he, is. he just gets it 10 times and he'll be in eight scores. Uh, and those two goals in the third quarter, one where he got a nice rugby pass from Dangerfield and <laughs> yeah. um, kicked a nice little snap, and the other one from the edge of the centre square uh, a few minutes later was just vintage Gaz. It was. And uh, just, uh, just at the 36 years of age, just... Uh, you forget that he's that old, I think. 36. Like, uh, he's gone from the 30-plus the disposal midfielder to the... 10, 15 disposal mm. scoring forward, small yep. forward. And I mean, he's not that sort of um, pressure forward, is he? No, but definitely he, not. He's, he's not interested in it. He's here. probably still the best kick for goal around. His disposal on the run is, anyway. uh, yeah, is as good as you'll see. So oh, he had the four tackles on the weekend, just quietly. Um, but from 14 touches, he has uh, – I'm going to just get me score involvements here. He had a lot of score involvements. <laughs> I think he had five score involvements. So he's in amongst it. Um, little Gaz, there we go. Advanced stats, thanks, mate. Um, but yeah, little Gaz is my falling star. So a bit of news today, actually on the old folks. Sean Burgoyne turned thirty-eight today. Yeah, there's a number. Just going around just another year. One, one more season. Just one more year. We got to get one to play at a forty. They couldn't get Boomer Harvey to forty. I reckon Hawks will get Burgoyne to forty. I don't know. Isn't I'm Franklin signed up till he's 40? <laughs> Franklin might not play another game, but that's, yeah, that's Ooh, the name we have heard of you first. Yes. Uh, Alan Christ- Christensen retired today. Christensen. Christ- that one. Yeah, Christensen. Uh, after 133 games at the Cats and the Lions, uh, announced his retirement today. And oh, would have been nice to see how old he is because he's probably still got enough to give for I believe late game. 20s. Hmm. Um, but yeah, just obviously just had enough. Yeah, I mean, he's played a big role in getting the Indigenous program going up there at uh, at Brisbane. I think he's enjoyed that sort of period up there since he shipped up from the Cats. Yep. Um, but really, on the field, he's been a bit of a fringe player has, at yeah. both. But you know, get 130 games out of you. That's all right. And obviously, we were talking off air a little bit about it. Uh, Brad Ebert obviously retiring. Um, there's been some good retirees this year. I mean, there is every year. That's probably my, one of my favourite segments of the Brownlow, watching the uh, old highlights of the retiring stars. That's right. Um, and his last effort, I would have thought, on Friday night will be on his highlights reel for a long time to come, I would have thought. Yeah, that was very courageous and obviously uh, left him concussed. And I remember saying almost when it happened, I was mm. like... That's that's him done. I mean, if Port had have won, he probably wouldn't be playing. He wouldn't be playing. He no, wouldn't no be playing. No way. Um, but that would go down as being on the highlights reel all week uh, at Alberton if they had it got up. But unfortunately for some, depending on who you are, uh, the power didn't get up. Uh, but uh, final series, Mike. Have you paid much attention? What have you thought? Our last podcast was just before the final series. Thoughts? Yeah, it was... Week uh, one was superb. Week one was the best, week some of the best games I've seen all year. And then week two was the opposite. Uh, and then I guess the, this weekend they weren't fantastic games, but... Um, the Tigers' port was up there and the big port just couldn't get it done at the end there, mm. I think. 
Um, and Tigers have been there, done that, and it showed a little bit. That's right. Uh, so I think we're in for a cracker. So first Victorian grand final since 2011 when the Cats beat the Pies. Now, and haven't we heard about it? Haven't us interstaters? We're a bit upset, aren't we? We are. Uh, but, I mean, you can't really hold it against them. You know, with all the hubbing and everything going on this year, I think they've deserved it. They're mm. clearly the two best teams. All right. And, and yes, well, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, now, but before we get on the brown, uh, the uh, the grand final, we're going to just going to touch on the brownlow, mm. which happened on Sunday. I default mode, and a few other people with me here on the socials went thought, "Yep, yeah, brownlow's on Monday. It's never on a Sunday." No, um, and almost forgot about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so uh, no brownlow Sunday night. I think Channel Seven. Credit where it's due, did a great job with that uh, broadcast, but there was a lot of unnecessary crap. Yeah. I thought the filler, the uh, transfer, I think it might be Jackie Felgate who was doing some interviews with players in Victoria. I think it must have been Victoria because yep. I remember seeing after Lockie Neal won, they did a bit of stuff with him and then they Jack went Siebel back to, to Jackie Hellgate interviewing Jack Siebel. Yeah. And she was Where's like, Jazeel what did you think from? about Lockie Neal winning the Brownlow? It's like, yeah, it's good on him. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't like, heard what's, Siebel's what's it got to do with you? Jack Siebel? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so turned that, that part was a bit silly, but um, mm. yeah, overall I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and the I was a bit sad, right, because my bet on the Brownlow was that I had the – trifecta, the box to trifecta. So in any order I wanted Neil, Boak and Steele and Petrarca has come on in, in the, with the three votes in the last round and tied with Steele for third and my <laughs> odds went from $6 to $2.17 <laughs> with the box trifecta. I don't know how Ladbrokes worked that out. but uh, So I was a bit pissed at <laughs> Petrarca. Ladbrokes now. Huh? Like, oh yeah, just you know. Just <laughs> Mixing your money yeah, around. Mixing, mixing it up there. Uh, what's the new one, one they're doing? That the doesn't bet. know about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not listening. But no, I um, – Brownlee, thoughts? Oh, well, Tinge of sadness for <laughs> Frio. Yeah, Which I mean – This one? No, this one. Oh. oh, that one's good for me. Uh, old Lockie? Yeah, uh, no, good on him. Uh, I think there was no – when he left, there was no way that we could keep him. Uh, that's my opinion of it. I think the culture, the money Brisbane were offering, all that went against us and we got what we could out of it. Um, so good on him for winning. I think he had the highest score. It was something like the highest winning for a 17-round season or something else. Yeah, well, I, oh, no, what it was is that it was the highest number of three-vote games. At 10? Yeah, and there was only 17 rounds. If there was a couple more rounds, yeah, it could have been even more. So so I think the prediction, the, most of the predictors had him getting 25. He ended up with 31. Um, so 10 votes clear of Boke, who... I think a lot of people had coming second. Mm. Um, and great year. I mean, what is he? 32, Travis Boak. Um, he's had a terrific year. Very good. Um, and uh, he was talking uh, in an interview about a book he read. I don't know the title of said book. You'll have to go back and read that changed his outlook and he's, his game's gone to another level the last two seasons. He was Port's leading vote getter last year as well after looking like he was done a couple of years ago. And then obviously Steele, who had a um, breakout, breakout year. year, really. Um and Tracker as well. Tracker breakout year. year. Um, so Steele, I thought he would poll well because I didn't think there would be much from Saints picking votes off him. Zach Jones got a few votes in there. He had a good year, first year at the Saints. And uh, the truck, Gorn started well early. And I thought, oh, the truck is not going to poll as many as a lot of people think. But then the truck mm. came home and, and did, did quite well. Yeah. So I think looking at the top 10, uh, you couldn't have too many complaints. Dusty and Danger, I think, were both on 15 votes. Guthrie up there on 14. I don't think he would have got too many votes. No. I think Nick Nat had 10. Yeah, Nick Nat. They forgot about him. Yeah. Well, five votes, was it? Five votes for Nick Nat. And won the best and fairest last night. Yes, so that was one I was going to just quickly touch on the BNF. Thanks, Segway, (laughs) into the Eagles' best and fairest. I did watch the live stream. Thanks. Closest winning margin for a a long time. A couple of votes. Two votes. Nick Nat off Gaff. Gaff, was it? Um, It's interesting that, and then it is Nick Nat. I think it's fair to, a a good point to mention that it's Nick Nat's um, 
first best and fairest. Yep. Um, so really happy for him that he could get it. And he, he overtook Gaff in that first final where he got maximum votes. He got the 10 coaches votes um, against Collingwood in that final. Um, and Gaff, I think here's a stat for Eagles fans. Gaff and Shepard have been in the top 10 of the best and fairest the last six years. They've both been there. Um, so really consistent. Shepard finished third. So those three that missed out on 18, one, two, three, um, which I think says a lot about hunger and also injuries. Um, they weren't, they were, they were all fit, whereas Chewy and all those guys weren't fit. So, um, yeah, so well done to Nick Nat winning the best and fairest, but certainly uh, I don't know how umps can miss Nick Nat. Oh, unless I mean, and one person rang up and said, "Well, he only takes three marks a game." I just don't care about marks. How many marks yeah, does I think? How many marks I mean, did Neil take? I guess he's always in their face because he's always taking the yeah. the bounces, but he doesn't get a lot of possessions. He's not mm. that guy that roams around the field picking up possessions yeah. here and there. Um, so so yeah, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it's interesting. He doesn't, but he's when he does get it. Gee, he impacts, and I think he was in the top ten for. The coaches' votes, and so the coaches seem have an impact. But um, oh well, I'm sure he won't lose sleep over it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so good, good there. Um, what else was I going to say? An issue for mine. Mm. A bit of a flog. We haven't done a flog in a while. No. The AFL, they've done really well this year. Really happy that we've had a season up and running. Uh, would love to see your thoughts on. The MCG turf uh. <laughs> going up to the Gabba. Uh, just how do you feel about that? It's just a prime example of trying to make Victoria relevant when they're completely mm. irrelevant. Well, the MCG anyway. Mm. Even though I guess both teams playing in the grand final of Victorian teams. But it's just I, I think in the end that it was a sponsor's idea. Oh, really? Yeah, to do it. Um, so I'm not sure that it was the AFL deciding, hey, this would be good, good to get the MCG to the to the Gabba. Mm. I think it was a sponsor's idea to do it. So an interesting one. It's stupid. Uh, it just seemed unnecessary. Mm. Um, well, well, on that same point, I yep. don't know if you've got anything else to say on that, but same sort of idea that Mike Brady is going to be playing yes. at the MCG mm. to the Gabba audience or I guess to the TV audience as well to an empty stadium yeah and, and I mean I love Mike Brady nothing and that's part Brady. of the grand final build up is I love it mm. but I just think unnecessary yeah again um, just on the uh, Titus O'Reilly our man just on the uh, MCG turf just said shipping a patch of grass from the MCG to the Gabba for the grand final really highlights how well the footy industry is adjusting to the tough economic climate <laughs> um, just uh just wow. Um, Crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, One way to waste some money. Yeah, sure. yeah, that's right. And I just think we're cutting soft caps and we're doing all this yet. We can ship some grass up on a truck uh, to uh, to um, Queensland. I just think that it takes away, and this is where the I think the AFL need to interfere, it takes away from what the grand final is this year. You know, it's different. It's in Brisbane. Well done to them. It should be in Brisbane. Um, should be in Perth, but yeah, okay. We're, but you know, it's not. It's all right that it's in Brisbane. Um, and uh, let's let's celebrate all things Brisbane. Mm. You know, um, uh, you don't need the MCG turf. You don't need Mike Brady. You just we well, could have Bernard Fanning, Fanning singing up there, Kazali. Um, you could, but I think early on they said that they wouldn't be playing. Powderfinger is a whole unit. Oh, maybe okay. Bernard would okay. come out and do a solo. Um, but, uh, but um, yeah, nah. And I think there's – is it DMAs? DMAs. Playing? They're a rock band. I haven't heard of them. I've heard of them, I, but I don't – Yeah, I don't know their stuff. I might have to have a listen. Amy Shark. Is Amy Shark? Shepard playing? Shepherd. Not Brad Shepard, the band Shepard. Okay. Um, Geronimo? Ger- hey, Geronimo will be uh, blaring at half time, so there won't be much good music. On. No, they're – but uh, Joe Hernandez, if he's listening, uh, we went once a few years ago, 2015, to the Asian Cup 
where Australia won when it was in Australia, and Shepherd performed at the opening ceremony. And to say that Joe was underwhelmed by Shepherd would be an understatement. So, Joe, if you're listening, I'll tag you in. Uh, just a really good memory there from Shepherd <laughs> opening the Asian Cup with Hey Geronimo. <laughs> that one the song. It's a good song. It's good. Uh, oh, it's been played to death. That's, you know. Yes. Uh, okay. So, shall we get into the uh, the GF? Let's talk grand final. All right. We'll have a quick break and we'll get back with the GF. The Holding the Ball Podcast. All right. We are back here on the Holding the Ball Podcast to talk about the big game this Saturday night at the Gabba. The big grand final, Richmond against Geelong. So the was it Geelong against Richmond? Uh, or does it not matter? I don't think it matters, but I think technically it's Richmond against Geelong. Um so the first grand final not at the MCG since 91 when it was at Waverley for Hawthorne West Coast and it's obviously the first not in Victoria. Uh, so, you know. Night grand final too. Night grand final. So will that be a thing of the future? I think they're going to turn it on, uh, the entertainment and then all that should be – the scene will be spectacular. It will. I think. So a few things to talk about and dissect. Tom Hawkins, mm. injury cloud. Yeah, you got a bit of a cold. He got a bit of the a ca- case of the coronavirus in a bit of quarantine. Yes, it was said that he has tested negative to the coronavirus. Um, I would have thought he could be almost dying, and I think Hawk will play. Yeah, he has to play. Long <laughs> um, and no chance if Hawkins yeah, doesn't play. It's that, so it's that big, isn't it? Mm. Like Hawkins has had that good a year. Um, he's been outstanding this year. And he's been a standout when Geelong, I think, in the last few years haven't been able to make it that far. Yep. And, and this year the difference is he's been able to stand up and mm-hmm. and kick bags of goals. Yeah, well, he has been um, – I mean, what is he now? 31, I think. And he's um, had one of his best years, got his first common medal, uh, All-Australian. Um, so he's had a cracking season. And one of his uh, key uh, avenues to goal is uh, when he does the forward – Forward ruck. I'll tell you what. He is the best at that. And no I think. one no one picks it. And like he just, he's just so strongly just oh, knocks him out the way, gets big, the ball. He's a big unit. Um so the big hawk is is the X factor and um that forward ruck is a great point. I mean he just monstered McInerney uh on Saturday night. Yep. And uh yeah, he's really just made that his own, hasn't he? Just it's as if the other rucks don't really see it coming or don't expect the brute strength that is Hawkins to push him out of the way That's and right. say, "Yep, I'll have that." Uh, the tap to Ablett, I think Ablett missed the goal, but that was just like, mm. oh my goodness, a seasoned ruckman just exactly. at work. So Tomahawk just reinventing himself. Um, question without notice for you, mm. Mike: Is there a player now? I know. I think. I think. The stat is there will be 15 Richmond players that become triple premiership players if they win. But is there a player playing on Saturday who hasn't won one? Now, there's only one Richmond player who hasn't won one, and that's Bolter. Uh, and there's a couple of – a fair few cats that were still around in is 2011. Lambert, uh, has he won one? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think he's won one. Okay. Um, so uh, is there a player you think, gee, it'd be great to see them win a flag? Who would you most like to see win a flag from an individual perspective? Uh, the main one, and I don't know if this is necessarily who I'd like, but I think is maybe people would like to see win a flag is Dangerfield. He's a very uh, polarising figure, Danger, he is, isn't he? He's sort of, yeah, you either love him or hate him, I mm. guess, but... He's the one where he's sort of struggled to get to that final dance for so long. And uh, he left Adelaide and they got to a grand final and obviously didn't win it. And lost, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> capitulated. Oh, gee, they're a mess. Uh, yeah, but I, that would be good to see. It'd be nice to see Ablett go out with on a flag. high. Game 358, I think. Something like that, yeah. 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 Uh, and now he's the story, but we'll get to Ablett in a minute. Mm. For mine, this is the story. Lockie Henderson, right? Cool. Lockie Henderson, there's a name. Carlton. The feel-good story is Lockie. He was delisted at the end of last year. Delisted. Um, he only got his spot on the list back because Ryan Abbott at the last moment requested a trade to St Kilda behind Ryder and Marshall for some reason, and that opened up a spot for Henderson to – 
claim on the list. He had two seasons at Brisbane, six at Carlton, and now he's in his fifth at Geelong. And I think he would be a great story to win a premiership yeah, on Yeah, probably Saturday. one of the forgotten members yeah. of the team. Yeah, and he's one that sort of just goes under the radar, plays his role. He will He will get um, – Maybe Rewalt, um, while Taylor, Taylor and Henderson do the, I guess the lockdown thing that they do, um, while Blixarves has a bit more freedom. But uh, I think it'd be great to see him, him win one. Um, what else have we got? The hype. I read an article today that made me really, really angry. <laughs> was it all about Dustin? Huh? <laughs> it might have been all about. So there was an article that suggested that Dusty has to do something to become the greatest finals player of all time. And I just think, yes, Richmond are going all right. They are. Well done. You know, happy for him. Brendan Gale, how good's he going after that prediction he made and looks very good, does Benny Gale now. Um, I just think that's really silly. <laughs> um, and I don't know what you think. Have they forgot about Hodge? Have they forgot about Voss? Um, maybe who else? Ackermanis. Pendlebury. In 2010-11, Acker, Simon Black, Sean Burgoyne at Port and Hawthorne. Uh, just wow. This, and always I take when the stars get these back-to-back Norm Smiths as a bit of a pinch of salt. Like I didn't really like Andrew McLeod's second one. The first one I was like, yep. Second one I was like, oh. you know. That's the thing. I don't – and this is – we talked about this with the All-Australian – when I got a bit angry, I was a bit upset. Don't just give it to Dusty if he kicks two goals, all right? Mm. Just, I mean, how good would it be to see Sam Menegola with a Norm Smith or Shane Edwards with a Norm Smith yeah. for, for Richmond rather than just Dusty or Cochin who already have a trophy cabinet the that's full? The thing is, though, with Richmond, if Richmond win and they play Shy Bolton, well, how well's he going? Well, he, he's probably a shot. He yeah. wouldn't be, he'd be a sneaky bet. Put some money on him. We'll check that but later. Dusty is the the standout mm. player that if he plays well... Yes. It's and just, he played horribly in that first final against Brisbane. We should probably check the odds on, on him winning Norm Smith Ooh, because yeah. I reckon he'd be the lowest price Norm Smith in a right, long time. Well, I'll rant and you have a look. Um, so it's it'll be dusty, <clears throat> dusty and Danger in whatever order to win the Norm Smith. But I just I don't want to see it go to the story. I want to see it go to the best player who deserves it. Um, some other key stats and just looking at the season, it'll be... Who can get their game style going? You Dusty go. at four fifty. Four fifty. Favorite six dollars for danger. Danger, and then the gap is thirteen dollars. At Basher Hooley, thirteen. Basher, interesting. What is what is my man? Seventeen. Shy Bolton. Shy Bolton at Cam seventeen. Guthrie, twenty-one. That's probably not bad considering his season. Yeah. Tomahawk at fifteen. Gary Ablett, twenty-one dollars. That'd, that'd be, be the fairy tale. Fairy tale. If Hawk kicks four plus, Geelong at that means Geelong are right in it and he's every chance, I reckon. Yeah, it's just tough. Actually, you sort of reminded me of something there about the Brownlow and, yes. and Dangerfield mm-hmm. uh, and the All-Australian. There was a good – did you see the yeah, meme? I did, I yeah. did see the meme. Go on. <laughs> so there was a meme going around that uh, forwards well, – it was sort of Dangerfield and it was uh, forwards don't get Brownlow votes, <laughs> <laughs> which is why – Dangerfield didn't get too many He had votes. a bit of a sulky look on his face. <laughs> it was like when he realises that forwards don't get votes in the brown line. Uh, so, no, I did like that. Yes. I did like that. That was very good. Uh, Sorry. So, back to the the, the odds for uh, Norm Smith. Norm Smith. Actually, I'm just going right down to the bottom. Yep. Sam Simpson, 151. I don't even know who Sam Simpson. Lockie Henderson, $151. Hoyn, Endo won't Paul get Jasney, it. 151 Did a good Harry Taylor, job on uh, Cameron uh, last week. But you won't. Nathan Broad, 101. Broady. Our man. Zach Tui at 81. Tui's a roughie. Best value. I want you to give us the best value for our listeners. Go. Uh, That's a tough one. Maybe someone like Joel Selwood. If Geelong win. At what? $34. Yeah. They'll be watching Selwood. (laughs) I would have thought the uh, voters. Yeah, but he's probably. uh, I mean, there's lots of players that if they have a really good game, Mm. their team will do well, but. Uh, Selwood, this could just be the ultimate captain's game mm. for someone like I'm him. I'm on Menegola at 26. I'm a bit of a fan of Menegola, if well, you haven't right. noticed. Uh, West Delsey, Frio discard, which I love. 
<laughs> just making a name on for himself on the big Playing stage. Grand finals and winning brown lows, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. What, what they do what is totally Frio. Uh, so just looking at the numbers, you know, I like my numbers. So averages this season, the stats that matter, Mike. This is the the segment, the stats that matter. It doesn't happen on any other podcast, it happens on ours. So Geelong average eighty five marks a game this year, Richmond seventy. So Geelong want to play there. Control footy, what we know, West Coast Geelong like to play that footy. Richmond like the run and gun. They like the chaos footy. Chaos. They average three times the amount of bounces per game than Geelong. Fun fact. Bet you didn't have that one, Swampy. We've got it here. Um, So uncontested possessions, Geelong have got an extra player. They average 17 more uncontested possessions a game. Clearances. Geelong, again, uh, average 34 to Richmond's 26. Well, Richmond don't, aren't a clearance no, team. No, So Geelong are going to have the edge there. But Although Richmond, I must say, Richmond have won the clearances. They uh, beat the Port at their own game in the second yeah. half last week. I think they won like 28 to 9 or something after half time. But Richmond, in terms of inside 50s, lead Geelong. Um, Richmond, uh, tackle numbers were, were very similar, but Richmond want to play that. They'll, they'll just pressure. Geelong so and that's that's the thing when Brisbane beat Richmond in that first final their pressure was outstanding and they just couldn't repeat it against Geelong I think they were cooked Mm. Um, now an interesting stat and this is not so much on this game this is looking at the fact that on last weekend preliminary final Jared Waitley did a bit of an analysis and Jared loves it Uh, since the pre-finals bye has come in because obviously number one and number two got knocked out and suggestions are that maybe they played, what, one game in 26 or 27 days in the lead up to the prelim. Just not enough football. Yep. So since 2000, which is when our current top eight system was in place, one plays four, two plays three, because in the 90s it was still a top eight, but one played eight Ah, and and two played seven and it was a sort of a different system. So 2016... Uh, sorry, 2015, there was no pre-finals by. 87% of the time, the team that won through the prelim made it to the grand final. 87%. Pretty strong stat. From 2016 to 2020, so that's now five-year sample, five years, yep, that stat has changed to 40%. That is massive. That is a huge change. Huge change. So you've got all of a sudden you've gone, it's almost, you get that week's break, you're looking pretty good. But now everyone gets a break Mm. and it almost works as a disadvantage because you haven't played enough footy. Um, So really interesting stat. Um, and something the AFL I think need to look at. Yeah, we can thank Ross Lyon for that one. <laughs> yeah. For doing the old rest everybody against St Kilda in the last game of the season before the finals. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting stat. Um, but obviously, you know, Richmond Geelong make it through. Uh, they obviously famously played last year's prelim when Geelong were up by 19 at half time and lost by 21. Uh, so the Tigers got it done and then smacked GWS. So... There are a few interesting stories here, um, and I'll get your feedback and your thoughts. So Gary Ablett is numero uno for mine. Like He was outstanding. Uh, he wasn't that good in the first final, but then he's just – they've got some games into him from having to go the long way, I guess. Uh, two flags, two Brownlows, no Norm Smiths. Um, so it'd, it'd be fantastic. I, I mean, Ablett I put – I don't think I've listed my top players that I've seen – I always, as a kid, loved Michael Voss. He was my favourite player when I was certainly in, I don't know, when Brisbane were killing it and I thought he was robbed of a second Brownlow. Um, And Gary Ablett would have to be, I reckon he may have topped Voss. Um, So he's probably the best player I've ever seen. Ablett's probably more of a flashy player. Voss was a more hard and and that sort of player, I think. Uh, More courageous, maybe, sort of a player. Yep. Um, But... Both stood up when it when it mattered. So, uh, Gaz, little Gaz, the little master. Hope he can put on one last little masterclass mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. Selwood will be two, his two hundredth game as skipper. Uh, I think it's also the most games ever played uh, in the finals by a player or by a captain. Definitely. Okay, that wouldn't surprise Something me. Something like that. Okay. Sorry, I didn't check my stats. I'm just vaguely <laughs> right. remembering things that I've read during the week. Uh, another interesting story. I spoke about Lockie Henderson before. Another interesting one is Gary Rowan. So Gary Rowan 
missed Sydney's 2012 Premiership due to an injury. That would have been towards the beginning of his career. Then played in Sydney's losing 2014 and 16 grand finals. So he's played in two grand finals, hasn't won one, and missed when they did win the flag. So could be third time lucky for Gary Rowan after going down to the Cats, and he's valuable uh, for them. He's very good. He's sort of he is that pressure forward, but that he's quick, quick and um, and flashy. He does good mark, good long kick. Yeah, he's a player who loves a late kill. If a team is like – if they've got a team on the canvas and Rowan hasn't done much, he'll pop up and kick two last quarter goals um, to boost his – he kicked three goals last week and he hadn't seen him all day. Yeah. Um, so Gary Rowan's So he'll guy. do nothing this yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put your money on Gary Rowan. Um, I, I was reading an article by The Raw and I really like The Raw. They, they do some good stuff and they said it'll be – if the Cats win – It'll be full circle since they smashed Richmond by 157 points in 2007, which Cats beat Port Adelaide in the grand final by a lot. Uh, In that game in 2007, it was Joel Selwood's fifth game, Tom Walken's fifth game, and Gary Ablett polled three votes in what was his 106th game. no one from Richmond has survived from that game, Um, but it'll be, you know, a turning of the table, but... I guess no one's really thinking about that, but that was just a little quirk. Cotchen will join Hodge and Voss as a three-time premiership skipper this decade if the Tigers win. So mm. and Koch played his 250th last week. He did, yeah. The uh, Brownlow medalist from 2012. Mm. Hashtag. Uh, With a little asterisk next to um, So, yeah, some interesting, interesting – Sorry, Job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll – I do like Job on the comments, by the way. He does all yeah. right on the old special comments. I think he makes coffees uh, in his spare time, uh, you know, in the breaks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did I miss something there? Is that- I, th- I think when he had some time away from the game, he went and ran a coffee shop in in New York or something. Ah. Mm. Nice. So, yeah. Ah, very good. Obviously, it's no, not a funny joke when you have to explain it. But No. <clears throat> no. But, uh, yeah, I think um, – there's plenty of stories there. Most of the – I mean, Richmond, because of the fact they're going around again and again, uh, most of the stories are on Geelong's side. But, you know, I mean, Richmond will be on the, another dynasty team. We've had a few this century already. So with Brisbane. Hawthorne. Hawthorne and Geelong. Um, I mean, I, I think Harry Taylor is the uh, will be going for premiership number four. He's been around a while. He has, <laughs> and he'll, yeah. You He's would have to think end. Taylor might retire. Mm. Either way, maybe. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, a tip? Well, before okay. we get to the tip, okay. how do you think the game's going to go? Where do you think it'll be won and lost? And what, what are the key things in the game that are going to mean that one team w- wins over the other? I just think you'll know at quarter time who'll win this game. Okay. So, who's got the game on their terms? A Richmond just controlling the ball in their half. They love to play in their front half and lock it away in there. Or Arja Long controlling the footy and getting Hawkins one out. Um, gee, they found him uh, too often for Brisbane's liking. Um, and even in that first final against Port, if Hawkins had a kick straight, I yeah, think Geelong win. That. Yep. Geelong win. Um, so, Hawks been in great form. Um, I just think he's so important if they can get it to Hawkins. Danger will play forward. Um, that's worked and the midfield isn't struggling without him. Um, you've got Guthrie who's in career best form. Duncan Menegol we've spoken about um, playing really well. Tui sort of even mm. shifted his role a bit to a half forty type. Yep. You know he's had a good year. Parfit. Yes, he has been good. And uh, we'll talk about trade stuff after a bit of a break, but there's been talk that GWS have said, well, you want Cameron, we want Parfit. Um, so I think they're going to play hardball, but we, we'll get to that in a minute. But, um, yeah, so who's going to get the game on their terms? I think Richmond have shown this is – have shown that their game style stacks up in high-pressure games. Mm. And that's what makes me think maybe the Tigers have the edge. Yeah, well, I think if you if both teams play at their best, Richmond wins. Uh, I think that's what it comes down to because you've got to expect that both teams are going to come out fired up, maybe a little nervous at the beginning. Yeah, but we'll both play at their best, or that's what you've got to expect. So, Richmond win if they play at their best. Um, I think the real uh, 
sort of area where the game's going to be won or lost is the defence for both teams. Yeah. So I think the forward line for Richmond is great. You know, they've got the two tall targets and they've got the small crumbing forwards. Geelong have got the same sort of thing. I'm not sure if Hawkins needs a bit of help down there, but I think their forward line's okay. Uh, Hawkins, Dangerfield, and and then guys like Rowan. Myers or Rowan. Ablett. <coughs> Ablett, yeah, geez, <laughs> Andy. Uh, I think if the defenders can get on top of the respective forward lines, that's where the games can be won or lost because, uh, yeah, just the forward lines in, in themselves are powerful enough to win the game. If defence, like the, the last game they played, Richmond's defence stacked up, marked a lot of the balls coming into forward 50 uh, and just rebounded and, and took it from there. And then, yeah, so I, I think that's where it, where it's going to be won or lost. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Richmond will win. Uh, yeah, head says Richmond, Hart wants Geelong yeah. to win. I think the ruck's interesting. Neither of these teams would say their strength is in the ruck division. You've got Stanley up against Nankervis and then you've got Hawkins pitch hitting and doing a bit of ruck work. So that'll that'll be interesting to see. Do you think that the Stanley's a pretty decent He's player. improved. He's improved and Nankervis was arguably best, best on ground last week. Yeah. Uh, so I think the rucks are, are okay. I mean, mm. they're probably not your traditional rucks, no. but... Not Stanley's going to going to run around and get a lot of ball. Well, yeah, he he's got the tank. And he's pushed forward and kicked a couple of goals. But, um, Stanley's a very good tap ruckman too because he's yeah. got quite a, a decent leap on him. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I uh, yeah. I think Richmond, if they get a run on early, Geelong might, you know, struggle a bit. But Geelong, I think, uh, like I said, I think quarter times really important here because if Hawkins can get on the board early, if Danger can get on the board early, I, th- I think Danger will be huge in this game. Um, I've, I've seen some things that Danger has done this year that have been all about determination, um, like some of the smothers and some of those efforts from Dangerfield. He's really desperate. Yeah, well, when the team sort of needs a spark sometimes, he's the man. you can tell that he just steps it up and, yep. and pushes a bit harder than everyone else. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just think that... Um, the hunger is there. Oh, I don't know. I think both teams are their best. I think they're pretty evenly matched. Obviously, the Tigers smacked them earlier, but I just think that Richmond's game style stands up, um, and that's what would lead me to tip Richmond just. Um, but I think, gee, if the Cats can can do some damage out of the midfield and give Hawkins and Co a good look, and Danger can. <laughs> take some contested marks like he's shown to be. I think Geelong are a real chance. I think it's a, a flip of the coin job, but I think I'm going to go Richmond by seven points. Geelong need to do a really good job of getting Hawkins one out and not letting, you know, Grimes or someone like this come in and take that third yeah. man up mark. Yeah. yeah. They need to really do that well. If they can do that and Hawkins and Co can kick straight and Geelong are a shot, yeah. but I really think, yeah, like you've said, Richmond's game style. I've just come up with a smoky for Norm Smith. Oh, yeah. Because we've spoken about, well, you've got Rewalt and Lynch for Richmond as the twin towers up there, I guess. Uh Henderson, you would think Henderson and Taylor, the old ducks, will go to them. They will both retire if if Geelong win, or maybe even if they lose. Mark Blixarves, he is going to be massive. Pitch hit in the ruck, gets a ton of the ball around the no, – probably not. That's, that's an incorrect statement. Gets important ball around the ground, and he'll be really important off halfback. Um, He's chasing the steeples, I've heard. <laughs> chasing the steeples. Um, I, I don't mind. That would be a good drinking game for uh, for the grand final. How many times they say he used to be a steeple chaser? Or what is it? <laughs> steeple chaser, yeah. yeah. Um, there's another drinking game I saw about um, how many times Jack has a sook. Uh, have a drink if Jack has a sook. Um, have a drink if they say it's Matt Stevick's eighth grand final as an umpire. Um, there's a there's a drink. Um we all obviously encourage responsible drinking here on the podcast, but uh, except on grand final. Day. Yeah, okay, you said it on me, uh, Norm Smith. I hope it's yeah oh, Richmond win. If Richmond win, no, I'm sticking with my tip. Tom Hawkins, Norm Smith. Tom Hawkins, Norm Smith kicks kicks four. So does that mean that Geelong has to win for that? Day? No. Okay, so it kicks four and they lose. Mm. Still gonna get Norm Smith. Yep, because Richmond only win by seven points. Really close. Mm. Hawks made a big impact. He's had ten hitouts. 
<laughs> he set up five. I almost don't think it matters as much. If Richmond win and Dusty kicks, say, two, yeah, he's gonna win he'll it. win it. That'll be the end of it. I'll just be growling at my TV. <laughs> Unless the game's high scoring, which is very unlikely. I wonder if there's an, a betting market for the Norm Smith not to be Dusty or Danger. <laughs> we have a look at that in the break. I'll see if I can find it. We'll find it in the break. But uh, pick, so you going Richmond by how many? Uh, I reckon Richmond by about three, four goals. Three, four goals. Yeah. Okay. Comfortable. 20 points or so. 20 points. I, don't, I think it'll be a bit close to that. So big game from us. We are going to come back when Mike looks for some Norm Smith markets. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the silly season for about 10 minutes before we wrap up. We are going to do some trade talk because, boy, for a season that apparently had an asterisk, there's a lot happening uh, in the silly season. So we'll be right back to talk some trade talk. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast. All right, we're back. And uh, question. Just getting confused which is which. <laughs> we didn't top up. Uh, one more question on the GF that I forgot to mention. Mm. Uh, do the cats man up on Dusty or just let him do his thing and say, well, Danger will do his thing and Dusty will do his thing. Do they send someone to him? Do they say to um, – I don't know Tom Atkins isn't playing, but do they say to Parfit or do they say to someone, Dusty doesn't get near it? No, because he's a master of getting out of... Tags. You know, ta- well, not necessarily tags, but out of tight situations, I think. Mm. He's got the best don't argue in, uh, in football. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll just send him deep if that happens, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that um, Geelong's plan will be... Someone in the midfield follows him closely if he's in the midfield. And I don't think he'll be in the midfield. Might be Selwood, you know. Maybe half the time. Mm. Yeah, someone like Selwood. And then in the forward line, I think it'll probably be someone like Collar Jasny who yeah, Collar has good to or just even, basically um, sit on top like of Sam's him. Because he'll beat him one-on-one. Mm. Or Dusty's very good one-on-one and I don't think he'll outbody Blixarves. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a lot taller. so uh, He's those big daddy long legs arms. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an interesting one. That's been a bit Collar of a... Collar Jasny's towelled up Cam- um, Charlie, Charlie Cameron, Cameron on the weekend. Yeah, Collar Jasny's in really good touch. I actually really like Geelong's defence. I think it's, you know, we forgot to mention Tom Stewart, um, gun player. Um, so Tom yeah. Stewart, yeah, he's the other one. We were talking about Henderson and bloody Taylor. Mm. Yeah, Last year's All-Australian, so gun player. Um, a couple of just interesting things that uh, before we get into the silly season, it was the Coaches Association Awards night last night and a couple of awards that went out. Just your thoughts here. The Coach of the Year went to Ken Hinckley. Yep. Happy with that? I'm happy with that. I'm happy I with think that. he's the – well, he was a man under a lot of pressure pre-season. Uh, I think if he didn't make finals, he was yeah, gone. That was – Koshy said it. it. Was, was going around and he made – he was finished on top of the ladder. Yeah, I think Kenny done it, did all right. Um, to come within six points of Richmond, he did all right. Assistant coach of the year was Daniel Gian Syracusa. Okay, where's he? Um, he was at the Bulldogs when he played. Um, no, um, I'm actually not sure. You can look that one up. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, I remember Gian Syracuse, he probably, when the sub rule was back in. I think you just like his name. I do. Um, he extended his year, a, a career a couple of years just from the old super sub. He used to just come on and be the sub in the last quarter and jag a couple of snags with his uh, salt and pepper locks going on. He looked like he was like 36. But he's... Uh, I think he might still be at the Bulldogs. He is, he's at the Dogs, yeah. forward coach. Yeah, so he's doing great things. And the media person of the year. I don't know why they picked him. He's really good. Based on what? Being really good. And their forwards are, their forwards are crap. <laughs> they got Bruce in, he did nothing. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, um, anyway, but he's still yeah, right. So why? why? They, they rate him though. Um, uh, and Jared Waitley has been awarded the media person of the year by the coaches, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, Very classy. Uh, I do like Jared. Doesn't I'm, sort of, you know, piss anyone off. No. Like that. He did piss Buckley off a couple of years ago. Buckley does get a bit testy though sometimes, old Bucks. I do notice, and we're talking coaches, that Matthew Boyd is mm. going to Fremantle. He is. Our new defence coach. He's at Collingwood at the moment. He is. So interesting. Has a good relationship with Justin. Yeah, they're at Collingwood together. So, yeah, so yeah. Uh, Well, you're going to bring your own team in, aren't you? So he's just doing Yeah, that. and we've had a lot of people move on in the last few months. So um, yep. 
Yeah, good to see. Yeah. Okay, trade talk. This is what we want. This is what's happening. Uh, oh, Bowie Mike, I've been on the phone to managers, list managers. Okay. Well, just I'm interested finding to see out the what, latest you, what you found out. Is so it's different to Today, obviously, it's come out. COVID. No, I have been on the phone to Brad Crouch's manager and he is going to St Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have heard it's this weird, year. because I heard that this morning from someone. Though. No, yeah. I gave Sam Edmonds McClure, the tip <laughs> I gave, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Edmonds. I think I even off. heard it from uh, Kane Corns earlier this morning. <laughs> he predicted it from a way back, Cornsy, so credit to him. Um, no, take that back. I No, he did all right. Um, Cornsy. We don't like you, Kane. We don't, <laughs> we don't like Cornsy, but he did pick that. Uh, so Crouch to St Kilda. I wonder, because that means that, I don't know, <laughs> we're in the race there as Mike just pulls apart the microphone stand. Um does that make the Saints a bit slow? Because they've already got – I mean, Steele's good, but he's not quick. And then you've got Hanabry in there. Uh, then you've got Ross, who – I don't know. They're sort of plodgy. You're forgetting about the searing pace of Brad Hill Yeah, on but the that's wing. one bloke. <laughs> Hill and uh, Zach Jones on the wing. I just yeah, wonder Zach if Jones, they're a bit – He's bloody quick. If they're a bit well, plotty. He looks quick. I don't know if They're he a is. bit plotty along sort of – I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Just – Put but, it out uh, I think that that's what the sort of player that they needed anyway, wasn't it? A, a bit of an in and under midfielder. I don't know. Maybe. Someone to help Jack Steele. Okay. Steal some Brownlow votes from him. Mm, steal some Brownlow votes from Steele. Uh, okay, so Crouch, is that happened today. Very good. Uh, Adam Saad has nominated Carlton yep. as his destination. Now, initial talks have not gone well between Essendon and Carlton. They don't like each other. Right. And Dodoro's a dickhead. So he's going to make it hard. Um, so Carlton have pick seven. Um, I don't know if they want to give that to Essendon for Saad because Saad's been top three in their BNF for the last three years. So he's a Essendon will place a high tag on him. So it's going to be interesting to see how all that pans out. Well, just on that, did I don't know if you heard the Stephen Silvani interview. Boy, oh boy. Which was really interesting. Wasn't that interesting? Uh, but they asked him about this particular trade and he sort of suggested that if he was in Carlton's position that he wouldn't be given away a high draft pick for a half back. Mm. Uh, but then from Essendon's position saying that he's a top, he's five top player. three player yeah. or something at the club. We want a top ten want pick. a top pick for him. Yeah. And if it, you can't it, get a top 10 pick for a top three And player. it's Carlton who have got to get it done. Oh, yeah. It's not Essendon of saying, well, hey, you got that pick. <laughs> we want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carlton, if they want him, if it's to take a player who's in contract out of another club, sometimes you've got to pay over. So it'll be interesting to see what mm-hmm. Carlton do um, end up parting with. I think they'll try and split that pick seven, but whether that'll satisfy Essendon or maybe pair it with a second rounder or something. But Essendon will want a bounty. Um considering they're also preparing to play hardball with Brisbane for Joe Danaher. They reckon they'll match a bid. Uh, so Joe Danaher to Brisbane. Fagan mentioned it in his press conference last week. Their forward line is their weakness, Brisbane. It is, yeah. Danaher playing six games next year and maybe kicking two goals 15 may fix that. <laughs> it may not. Um, but it, it, it's worth it. I mean, yeah, it is. I don't think they're paying him overs. Well, you wouldn't want to. No. Um, He's still getting paid. All right. Yeah, well. More than you and I will be on next year. If you want a Ford, go and get Ben Brown, for God's sake. I, that would knock yeah. Brisbane, you know, that would top them off perfectly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And they, they need, Brisbane need a Ford that can bring the ball to ground or, or yeah. kick some goals. Yeah, so Dan you know, 26. Um, ben Brown, next on the list. So met with Melbourne today. I was there outside uh, the, the MCG where they had their little meeting at the coffee shop down there. I might have to call McGowan. How'd you get back <laughs> yeah, here? So yeah, I know. In the Grave Street, they're having a nice... Do uh, I have to go in quarantine for two <laughs> yeah, weeks now? You do. Uh, so, Ben, how he hasn't had much interest staggers me a bit. Um, mm. I think I think of Melbourne, who forward struggled, Collingwood and Essendon. Collingwood's problem is they got no money. Mm, we'll get to the cap squeeze in just a sec. I've just been doing the figures there with Collingwood. Uh Jeremy Cameron has nominated Geelong 
Um, huge for the Cats. Tom Hawkins got one or two years left. We'll just have Jezza on a five-year deal. Yep. Him and um, Danger will go fishing every week. Yeah, well, that's the lifestyle. They sold the lifestyle package. Um, I sat in with Steve Wells when he was talking to Cameron's manager and uh, the lifestyle. It was the lifestyle to beat the family. But you couldn't remember Cameron's manager's name. <laughs> no, he's a good bloke. Though. <laughs> really good. Just gave me good access. Um, that'll be interesting because apparently GW is saying well, we want a player. Um, I don't know how that'll pan. It would be at least two first rounders if there's no well, player I mean, what involved. What could have draft picks done them? I mean, they've been getting all these good players, but then a couple they're of years later picks. they want to they want to leave again and yeah. they get more good picks. They've still got talent, haven't they? They've still got all this talent um, and they'll be interesting to see. I, I think the problem lies in their coaches, not in the uh, – but that's yeah, a discussion for another day. Oh, Cameron. He's in trouble. Oh, like that two-year deal that they <laughs> gave him must have been, what, a month or two ago mm. after they were in poor form, they won a game, and then they went, there you go, Bang. two years. Yep. I think Silly. they're obliged to do it. Yeah, Silly. But just – Really bad decision. Yep. So on that note, the GWS Exodus, we'll mention this one. Uh, So Zach Langdon, apparently, I don't think he's put in an official trade request, but the word is out that he wants to return home and potentially come to West Coast. Um, Jackson Haightley, top first round pick, has already put in a request to go to Adelaide, which is great for Adelaide. Young player, drafted two years ago. You'd do that deal if you're Adelaide for sure. Yep. Uh, Aiden Core will exercise his restricted free agent rights and go to North Melbourne. He wants to play footy. He'll play footy at North Melbourne. He sure will. Um, Hope you enjoy losing. Yep. He just wants to play. Uh, Zach Williams, obviously the big one, restricted free agent, going to Carlton. Uh, that's a big one for the Blues. Um, Jai Caldwell and Xavier O'Halloran, which, went in the, which they got in that same draft, they got Haightley, still making up their mind. So now that they, the talk is now that St Kilda have got Crouch, they will they were the favourites to get Corwell. So now Essendon or GWS are likely, and O'Halloran we don't really know what he's doing. Uh, they both want opportunity and they have struggled to get it. I think that boils down to uh, one for you, Jesse Hogan. Mm. There's been a bit said about Hogs. What are you? Where are you at with Hogs? Uh, Firstly, what an absolute tool bag for the old quarantine breach and just hey, the mate. statement from his lawyer was like when oh, you're a young how bloke you, and you how old are you 17 <laughs> like goodness gracious me um when you're a young bloke you, just, <laughs> you know sometimes you just you get a bit lonely yeah. apparently <laughs> you get a little bit lonely don't know how to put this nicely but uh yeah he just needed a bit of loving uh, <laughs> Um, he was drawn to the attraction of the young lady in the words of his manager. So his manager obviously didn't feel much sympathy for him. He was like, oh, my goodness, Jesse. The AFL must have been. Gil, I don't know what Gil must have thought about that. But anyway, Jesse, look, your boys would love to get rid of him. Yes, True or false? and I, I think they would. And I, I think there's a, there's a bit of a problem with his contract I heard this morning that – if he plays 11 games next season for the Dockers, it triggers a two-year contract extension on big money. Oh, dear. And I think that if that's what is in there, they would like to avoid that. Yeah. Because, one, they don't want to pay him big money. No. And, two, I don't even know if they want him anymore. Well, you'd have to think that the Dockers would have a bit of room in the cap. Like, Monday would be on the, what do you call it, the old person's list. Fife, obviously, is on big money. Um, but who else is on big money at Freo? Walters, maybe. Walters. Lob, I mean, they got over from GWS, might be on decent money. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of those players where they might have paid overs to get Wilson. Them. Mm. Yeah, so... Mm, but no, I don't think they would have salary cap issues. No, I don't think um, so. But yeah, you don't want to be paying Hogan something like eight hundred thousand or something like that. No, and and I feel like we need a Hogan-like player in the forward line. Yeah, uh, Hogan and Hogan acting like a normal human being would be as good as a footballer without all the other bits going on. And that's the other bits. That's why no, there's not really any buyers, is there? Because you think Hogan, that was mentioned today, Hogan would be perfect for Collingwood, but they don't. They've got enough baggage as it is, and no money. And no uh, money. Sydney were rumoured to be interested, yes. but I don't know how 
uh, hot or cold day. Because well, they wanted Danaher, and that obviously didn't work. And Buddy, we don't really know the talk there. And they've got a couple of young forwards, but they're a developing team. So look, I think that the Dockers won't get what they want for him. Mm. It'll be a question of whether they think we just got to get rid of him mm. or we need to keep him and, and play him. Yeah, uh, and it might be a case where if there is this games trigger for contracts that they might have to be a bit more sensible and not play him or yeah. in certain games to mm. not trigger that. Because yes. I guess it's one thing keeping him, but keeping him and paying him ridiculous money when he's not worth it mm-hmm. is a big problem. Uh, so, yeah, I think that what will end up happening is they'll have to keep him um, – Hopefully he plays, say, half the games or something mm. this season. Watch this space. We'll see what happens because I think the forward line needs him. Yep. Okay. There you go, Freo fans. You've heard it here first. Uh, next move, Braden Pruce. Now, after being number two to Goldstein, then moving, thinking going to Melbourne and being number two to Max Gorn, is now thinking it's a great idea to go to GWS to be number one, which he should be. Um, so he got it right eventually. He's not, he, a, not a smart man, is he, Bruce? <laughs> so if he's not number one ahead of Mumford next year, there's a bit of a problem well, Sam for Sam Jacobs Bruce. had an issue with that, didn't he? Yeah, well, Jacobs. Yeah, obviously, I, I don't, don't know what happened with Jacobs. Injuries, he fell off the cliff a bit because um, he was good and at Adelaide. Because I thought that was a perfect deal yes. for GWS last year. Mm. And then... Didn't happen. Just didn't yeah. play. No, Jacobs. And bloody Mumford somehow still playing. He <laughs> uh, walking around in a Zimmer frame and he'd still be playing. Mumford, yep. he just walks into blokes. Yeah, obviously releasing some videos and getting some attention there. Uh, obviously prolonged his career. Uh, another couple of hot ones off the press. Uh, Kyle Hardigan from Adelaide to Hawthorne is going to happen. Uh, maybe a James Frawley replacement after he retired. Um, and Stratton uh, from the defence there. And Port Adelaide have made an inquiry to Sydney about Aaliyah Aaliyah. I couldn't confirm that here as a Holding the Ball podcast exclusive. Um, now, there's a few question marks. Where's Alex Witherden at? Apparently on big money at Brisbane. Not many takers because of the money he's on because he was one of the premier rebounders and then this year didn't get much of a look in. Mm. Um, so a bit up in the air is Witherden at the moment. There was rumours I heard about a couple of weeks ago about Fiorini wanting out of the Gold Coast because he was a regular. He was. Before they got, obviously, well, Raul only played four games, but then they got Anderson in and Rankin's playing this year and Greenwood's come across and Brandon Ellis is in there. Yep. Fiorini can't get a game. I think he played like three games. There was a rumour that West Coast were into him. Um, West Coast aren't blessed with picks <laughs> because of the Tim Kelly deal. I think their first pick is pick um, like 31 uh, and then the other one that has been rumoured around there's snifflies out there is Josh Dunkley. Apparently Essendon, yeah. Essendon have inquired. Uh, okay. Unlikely to occur, but uh, Essendon have asked the question. So that would be interesting. You look like you were going to say something exciting there. Yeah, no, I was just because I heard something the other day about uh, Matt Rowell, uh, and I think he got nine, nine Brownlow votes in not three bad. games or something. Not, not bad going. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd quickly check the uh, the Brownlow odds for next year. For real, he's at twenty one dollars, which is equal not equal with Jack Steele. There you go, and Tom Mitchell, Jack McRae. So I put a bet on with Big Dave, and I don't know if Big Dave would still be listening on in our fifty eighth minute on the podcast. Uh, when Rao got injured, and he's a bit of a Luke Shuey hater, uh, and we had a bet on Brownlow votes in twenty twenty one, Luke Shuey v Matt Rao. Uh, Shuey didn't poll many this year due to his injuries. Uh, I'd say Rao's in the box seat there, but um, Big Dave. So Dave's I'm in the box seat. I'm coming for you. He's in the box seat, but, you know, yeah. um, Rao's collarbone's a bit dodgy. Um, last one, I think we talk about the Collingwood squeeze. Mm. There is a squeeze at Collingwood due to the Brody Grundy mega deal, the seven-year deal which they didn't want to sign, which is huge money. Now they've sort of – Dugowie hasn't signed yet. Um, Trelaw has signed on big back-ended money that there's rumours around. Sort of trying to get rid of him potentially. There's the talk. Trelaw's come out and said, no, 
but Collingwood yeah, haven't. No, haven't, I'll take my money, thanks. Yeah, well, and Collingwood haven't come out and said no. We, he's a required player, which is interesting. Uh, they've told Phillips that he can look around, and he was an essential player a couple of years ago. Only twenty four. Uh, yeah, Tom Phillips, good, good winger. Wingers are important these days. So Tom Phillips, and even my check out of contract. Um, so some real uh, cap issues around Collingwood at the moment. You think my check would walk into the forward line of any other player? He has been yep. magnificent off the rookie list. Um, and uh, the problem is he's probably not on huge money and now wants yeah, big money. Yeah, that's the thing. Now he wants and entitled to probably more than what he's on. Oh, of course. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to watch the space at Collingwood. Are they overpaying blokes? I mean, Darcy Moore's recently re-signed at more money and, you know, all Australian now probably deserves to be. Um, so really interesting it's a problem times. when you overpay one player, isn't it? That it just mm. – then everyone And that's else the thing where they say, you know, Geelong, they say we're not – paying him all. I don't think Jeremy Cameron is getting more at Geelong than he would have got at the Giants. It'd be easy for GWS to match whatever. Yes, Geelong. and that's been said. Mm. Um, it's not a money decision. It's a, well, Geelong, they've got all the stars there and they are saying, you want to be part of this team, you've got to mm. sometimes play for a little bit less. So, um, yeah, really interesting set of scenarios going on around the joint. Uh, so Collingwood, watch this space. Someone, I just wonder if someone, one of the big fish may, may leave. Well, it happened a bit last year already. Well, it wasn't a big fish, but Aish basically left for, for nothing mm. uh, that the Dockers were able to get. And, you know, that wouldn't have been a player that they necessarily wanted to get rid of, but because no. of the salary cap. Grand they had final to, player two years ago. Mm. So, and he was a first-round draft pick. Yeah, mm. good player. So, yeah, really interesting. And in it still looks like it's definitely going to have him with Phillips and we'll see, watch this space with guys like Mycheck and Dugowie and Trelaw. Will there be a big fish that departs How much would you pay Dugowie? Because that's been a talking point. It, it, it has. I think they were saying. And this was the first article, <clears throat> one of the first articles from Damien Barrett. I read and I thought he's on the money. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't be paying him. Like there's talk about a million, but then it, apparently he was offered that from North Melbourne a couple of years ago, didn't take it. Let's be honest, who wants to play at North Melbourne at the moment? They're not really an attractive option. It'll be interesting to see his Aiden coaching Core there. does apparently. It's because he's not getting a game and he's not going to get a game anywhere else. Um, Dugowie. So there's been talk. I mean, his dad's managing him. That's a bit of a problem. But uh, he's nowhere near a million dollars a year player. He's not even an $800,000 a year player. Look, him at his best, one of the best players going yep. around. Yep. But his best is very irregular. He's injury prone, all those sorts of things. You and just you can't, can't pay a guy like that. And you cannot forget, as Ryan Daniels was reported this week in WA, you cannot forget the fact that he's got a particular case hovering over his head in the court as well. And so there's the off-field stuff that comes with it from Ngoi. Um The problem for Carl, uh, Collingwood is that they need forwards. Yes. Uh, and that's the kind of player they probably should be keeping mm. but can't pay what he really really wants. Mm. Well, they came in late for Cameron. They came in too late mm. was the mail for Cameron. But they, they would have had to have really shipped out some players if they got Cameron. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, really interesting stuff. I mean, you look at Dugowie and you'd think he's in the 700s. That's where I think – they're talking Brad Crouch to be somewhere in the 6s, 650s. I think he's – whereas Crouch is a your steady, not really a match winner or will be solid for you in the midfield. Dugowie can be a – yeah, Dugowie can be a match winner, can be a match winner. Um, yeah. You have to take a bit of money off for the fact that he's going to miss games because he's got a dodgy hamstring and other things. So. Other things. So I don't think the offers will be forthcoming like they may want. So I think I think he'll stay at Collingwood, but I think there's a bit of a misevaluation. Yeah, Collingwood's someone's going to have to go at Collingwood. They're going to have to ditch someone that's uh, decent. If someone goes, it'll be Trelaw. Because he's got – but and the thing about that is he did the right thing by the club and back-ended his deal. So he's playing for not much now. So he's forgoing big money at the back end of his contract if he leaves, but Collingwood might say, hey, mate, we need – But it, so this will be interesting. I, I don't know. Um, mm. If I was him, I'd be saying, well, I'm not 
Well, they might have to pay part of his wage. Two two years. Yeah. You can cover some of it and, yeah. Really interesting. So watch this space. It's going to be – it's going to be interesting times ahead. Like they've got this star-studded side. You've got Penelope still no doubt on good money. Adam's just won their best and fairest good money. More Grundy we've spoken about. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, tough. Interesting times at Collingwood. It is. And can't, certainly can't afford to um, sign anyone of any note. No. I think they'll be relatively inactive unless they get rid of someone. They should sign Bruce and trade Grundy. You heard it here first. <laughs> first. There you go. Um, I think that just about wraps us up. Mm. So, big week. Go the Cats. Go the Cats from us. We yes. hope the Cats get hope up. the Cats win. Hope they play well. Hope Gary Ablett goes out on a high note. Yeah. Uh, the fairy tale for him ends. A lot of yeah. West Aussies playing on uh, on Saturday. Mm. So, good luck to the West Aussies. One you didn't mention was Jordan Clark. Jordan Clark. He's coming home. <laughs> I don't know how, but there's been there has been talk about Clark, and I just wonder because he's just not getting games. Last no. year he got plenty of games. He got games this year he didn't, didn't he? Yeah. So Clark's an interesting one. Oh boy, oh boy, that was mentioned. Oh, come home to W. I would love to see Clark in the blue and <laughs> yellow. Um, yeah. Wow. He'd be a bit of an odd. You want to give some give Geelong some more drafts? So you know how your team has every team has a player they love to hate. Mm. West Coast fans get stuck into Jackson Nelson a bit. <laughs> and I feel like Jordan Clark might be the upgrade that we're hoping for. But I don't know. But Simo loves Jacko Nelson. It's interesting. As was Cam McCarthy. <laughs> Who's uh, going to be the, the new fan that you guys go, oh, crap. It was Zach Dawson before that. <laughs> <laughs> Ross's boy. Oh, there's been some kills Daddy. over the years. Yes. So every club has them. Mm. Uh, so uh, I think... Port Adelaide for a long time was Darcy Byrne Jones. He got an All Australian. I think he's still the player they love to hate. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go. So lots of lots of action. We will come back uh, next week and dissect the grand final, and we will look ahead to what is going to be an exciting and interesting trade period. Uh, thanks for joining us wherever you are around the world. Good luck on the weekend. Enjoy the grand final. This is holding the ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.